we're back for another week and another week we're heading into a weekend without UFC but luckily it feels like it's been a while since we have had one of those and we're going into it with a hell of a pay-per-view on the other side of it and on the uh, before we head into it we've had back-to-back really solid UFC fight nights as well so all in all can't complain too much and worked out for me I didn't even really count it out of town this weekend and no UFC to worry about I love it when things just work out right but after UFC Columbus it was a pretty solid card we've seen some of the UFC uh, flyweight women just rising to the top of the division, we have a we have uh, maybe some controversy when it comes to the men's flyweight title picture, and there might be some movement when it comes to the UFC heavyweight title picture. And plus, we we got you with a little bit of what the blank, of course, and our quarterly year awards. Well, of course, I'm your host Ross Allen, joined alongside by the MMA and UFC fourth and long correspondent Blake Campbell. And Blake, how are we feeling after this weekend after UFC Columbus? Feeling pretty good. It's a, uh, you know, a little little bit of a downer that we get a, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we get a week off, but, you know, we get a little bit of time to just relax and, and look forward to the next pay-per-view coming up. So no complaints on my end, just the fact that I'm not going to be able to watch people punch each other in the face this weekend, at least in the we're, UFC. We're spoiled, man. We like, especially compared to other sports. I love that there's no off-season for MMA. Besides, I guess, the three weeks that the UFC takes off in between years. Yeah, seriously, it's the best. Come on, man. What sport gives you nonstop action like this? Besides, of course, you can check our NFL shows. The NFL offseason still going crazy. That's over at the fourthlong.com forward slash NFL. Um, but a plug out of the way, Blake. We're going to hop into our um, UFC Columbus recap here. Sorry, Safa. A couple of the UFC, like I mentioned, UFC um, women's flyweight fighters are making some noise in this division uh more specifically between alexa grasso because she is now moving a, a top five fighter after moving on four spots after a dominating submission fight um submission finish against the struggling joanne wood um has not been good for her ever since uh, she got married and changed her name and even a little bit before that she's on a bit of a slide there and that kind of sucks to see um and she Alexa Grasso might have just put herself in position for the next flyweight title shot. Of course, Valentina Shevchenko is now scheduled to take on Talia Santos at UFC 275 in Singapore. Hopefully, that's not a, like, 7 a.m. card or something horrible like that. But what do you think about Grasso here? What do you think about her spot in the division? <clears throat> is she uh, in line for that next title shot on the, for the winner of Santos and Valentina, which will be Valentina Shevchenko? Uh, what did she move up to? Is she, like, number two now? Number five now. Uh, okay. Uh, if you, you take know, a look at the top five, it's um, it's it's everyone that Valentin's already beat, really. Yeah, besides, I just, or just got it pulled up. You got Talia, Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Shkagian, and Jessica Andrade all above her. So three people she's murdered, and one person she's probably going to murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... You could give her a, another fight beforehand, but like mm-hmm. you said, she'll probably win that, and all the people ahead of her have already fought Valentina, and I'm not really interested. Like, the only one that would possibly be a decent fight would be Andrade, but even even that fight, uh, Valentina made pretty short work of Andrade. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just from looking at the, the state of the division, you'd probably say that she gets the next title shot. 
just because mm-hmm. she's a fresh face and she is talented, definitely. And I would say that maybe out of, I guess, out of the rest of the top five, Alexa Grosso probably has one of the better chances of actually being able to at the least compete. Yeah, make it Shevchenko, interesting. Right? Yeah. Um, also, maybe more interesting, <clears throat> and I know she's not ranked this high, she's a little bit fresher to the UFC, um, to this, uh, to the uh, flyweight scene, but Manya Fioro, she. She probably is the has the best chance of anyone in this division of knocking out Valentina Shevchenko at this point because she all she did was dominate Jennifer Maia um, for all three rounds. She climbs up six spots. She's now number seven, which is a little bit weird because the one one of the people she's behind is at six, Jennifer Maia. So that's a interesting rankings that they got going on there. Not sure mm-hmm. if I agree with that one, but what you think is. Out of, the, out of anyone in this division, does she have the best chances of actually defeating Shevchenko? Is that Grosso? Is that someone else? I still think we need to see a little bit more from Fioro. I mean, in a perfect world, I feel like her and Grosso should be fighting for a title eliminator, but they're both mm-hmm. kind of ranked in weird spots for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, they're probably both trying to build both of them up at the same time just to have a couple different options for Valentina because, you know, she just keeps lining them up and knocking them down. Yeah. For the last so, three years. I mean, I like Fioro a lot. I've been high on her since, I want to say, like two or three fights ago. Hey, you and, jumped uh, on the bandwagon early. Yeah, I mean, she's she's got the striking. She's got the wrestling. She's got the takedowns. I mean, she looks like she's the full package. But still could probably use a little bit more experience in the UFC octagon before mm-hmm. she gets that title challenge. But, yeah, I mean, both of those girls, I think, right there uh, – are good bets to make a competitive matchup with Valentina. So I guess her, like, if we do a, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I'm not sure if Lauren Murphy has another fight book, but Murphy versus Fioro could make a lot of sense here and, you know, just be that one more win that she needs to be able to get that title shot. Yeah, I mean, any any of those people up there, Shikagian, Murphy, uh, Andrade, if Andrade is staying at 125, mm-hmm. they would all make sense. And I, I think she wins any one of those. I do too. Especially, I uh, probably Chukagi might be the easiest fight of those three. Potentially, unless she gets in a little point fighting matchup, then it might be a little mm. weird. Then we, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. But if you're a man, she either she dominates you for you know what we've seen up to this point, fifteen minutes, or she gets a finish. She's she's super slick, and um, it's almost like the Tom Aspinall situation where we haven't really. At least Tom Asmel pre-Volkov, um, because we haven't seen a competitive opponent for her yet. So I guess we don't really have a solid litmus test, but a top five fighter could be could be the move and should be the move as well. Absolutely. Um, exactly. Um, but one of the other fighters we want to talk about here is a um, one that might be getting a title shot based off of what at least Device and Figueredo is uh, trying to, um, you know, contend for within the UFC we uh, talked about last week and it was news last week that a verbal agreement between Brandon Moreno and Defense and Figueredo took place no contract actually signed for a fourth consecutive fight but that's what everyone assumed was going to happen and I thought it was a little bit weird that they were going to do it be- before this Askrov in, um, in France fight car France fight and apparently um, so did Figueredo because 
He's now calling for Kaikara France, because real quick with this fight, though, Kaikara France looked like a freaking animal against Askar Askarov. And as though Askarov had, he clearly had the advantage on the ground, he hardly could get there because Kaikara France's defense is pretty solid. And he was piecing up Askarov for the most part on the feet, which was really fun to see. Um, looked like he just looked like a smaller Dan Hooker, which was, <laughs> which, which was, um, you definitely can't complain about that one. But now Figueredo calling for the title fight to actually be with Car France. What do you make of this whole situation? Seems like it might turn into a bit of a mess for the UFC here. <clears throat> yeah, it's really weird. I haven't really looked into the claims that Devison made. Uh, oh, the racist Bra- ones? Yeah, against like Brandon Moreno and his team. So I, I guess see apparently like a... someone in Moreno's camp put like a monkey filter over Figueredo's yeah, face. That's the only thing I've seen, though. And I don't I understand think that's how that gets someone so fired up. Well, is that worse than calling Kaikar France a dirty Kiwi? It's the fight game, dude. Like, if someone puts a (laughs) monkey filter on your face, like, I do understand, like, the racial undertones that could be perceived by, you know, by some. But I don't think, I mean, it's tough for me to say. I don't think they were going for that. Uh, They're probably just calling him, you know, a monkey because he's acting silly. I don't think they're calling him a monkey because he has, you know, black roots and and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff i think that's a little darker mm-hmm. and it to me it's like really weird it's like you already verbally agreed to it it was already you know moving in that direction and then you switch it not even a week later it just seems kind of suspect to me and i don't i don't know i don't really like it and you know you me could... i'm i'm in the camp where i i oh, yeah. want to see the tetralogy like i oh, yeah. i think that's the fight hey, to make tetralogy. still that's that's gonna be worth a year for us isn't it yeah, you know, we've got to learn some new things on here every now and then. But, uh, Educational. You know, Figueredo is just a weirdo, in my opinion. Like, he just does some weird shit. Henderson and his Cejudo's coach is having even a more bad weird. influence on him, bro. He's got Cejudo in his corner. I mean, it's just like, man, enough with the antics. Like, fight also the that best one translator, person. right? Yeah, like, just, just what I'm saying, though, is just fight the best person that you already agreed to fight, settle that, and then fight whoever you want after that because then it's up then it's up to you it's your division yeah like this should this should be the number one thing on your mind right now is proving that you are indeed the best because right now in my opinion you're not it's very up in you know up for debate it's one one and one Mm -hmm. and i think this fourth fight should happen because if you really want to be i guess strict in semantics about it the third fight shouldn't necessarily happen because he got knocked out he got knocked out by, or sorry, choked out by Brandon Moreno and, and dropped. And he, he got, that fight got wasn't finished. competitive. Yeah. That fight wasn't competitive. So he was almost lucky to get that third fight in a row. So he almost owes it now. I thought it was weird for them to make the third fight. Yeah, me too. Like I was less of a fan, but I mean, I still was super pumped up because like oh, I said before, every single time they fight, it's fireworks. But it's amazing. <laughs> This fourth fight makes more sense to me than the third fight did, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, in my opinion, there is unfinished business. Like, you you guys need to settle it. Like, DeVeeson cheated in the first one, had a bunch of excuses. Second one, he gets finished very early. Like, come on, bro. And then third one, it's, you know, tooth and nails. Like, it really could have gone either way. But, I mean, I think the right guy won. Yes. So, it's like, come on. Run it back. One last time. 25 more minutes. This one wins it. This one wins the tetralogy here. The and, winner yeah, and it's, it's history. You're making history. Like, why would know. you want it? Why would you shy away from making history? Does he maybe just think Kaikar France is the easier matchup? 
Is he afraid of Brandon Moreno? That's what a lot of people on Twitter are saying. Well, I mean, they kind of see that after anyone, you know, switches up from a fighter. Yeah, I don't know. I I just like people being men of their words, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he's he's kind of just doing some weird, snaky shit right now, and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I'm not liking not not uh, when it comes to the octagon. I love what Henry Cejudo is the effect he's had on on Figueredo here, but in terms of the Twitter game, oh, I'm not so sure it's the best of influences and in coaches. Yeah. Oh, imagine having hit. Imagine Ollie being his manager too. That would be like the worst combo of all time. Be awful. Oh. Oh. Gross. I don't like that. Oh, but let. let um, do you do you think we're going to get the titology first though? I I feel like we will. I mean, yeah. unless they really find something racist about what Brandon Moreno's team was doing, then then maybe they would punish him. But I just don't think Brandon Moreno hangs out with those kind of you know people. No, he, I mean, he's a very good guy. Like, dude plays with Legos. Like, come right? On. I mean, do you really think a, a guy that plays with Legos is going to be like super racist out outwardly at least? No. Also, it doesn't make sense. I'd I'd like Devisen to kind of just relax, take a chill pill on this one a little bit. And uh, speak about title fights as well. Let's talk into possibilities for Curtis Blades since he took out Chris Dawkins. Unfortunately for my hype train on uh, Chris, that has diminished. Um, that my hype train on um, Borshoff has diminished a little bit. Uh, but you know, I'm still going to ride with these guys because I love them. But the exciting. Curtis Blades is back. This is his first knockout slash TKO since 2019 uh, with that second round finish. But by the way, if you throw it back to last week's show, Blake, you're around the money. Round of applause. Round of applause. That's why, that's why we pay you the big bucks, metaphorically speaking. I'm right every, every once in a while. You know what? You are more than right than a broken clock is. So I'd say you're twice as right as a broken clock. Yeah, you know, that's that's fair. It's been pretty good. Pretty good. I'm going to give like four times back there. <laughs> four four times a week I'm right. Hey, that's pretty better than some of these other MMA media guys. <laughs> I don't know, Mike, can you do ten push ups? Oh yeah, dude. I could do you know, one hand tied behind my back. Now I won't believe that one. And I think the whole tied behind your back is unnecessary when it comes to push ups. I do one handed push up. You know, you ever see the uh, don't mess with the Zohan. Yeah, I could do push-ups like he can. Can you actually? Hundred percent. How many proof? We need posts on Twitter. I got you. I okay, okay. I. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know what area of body he uses? Yeah, I, I want proof. <laughs> I want proof, Blake. Sheesh. Give me proof. No homo. Yeah, though. we'll see. Or, I don't know. Are you, are you going to open us up to a new demographic? We might have to start our OnlyFans. Technically, content. technically, we already did. Did we really? I, I made one for fun like two years ago. I Jesus haven't done Christ. anything with it, but I have one. You got people paying? No. No, I literally have done nothing with it besides make it account. Well, then it sounds like we don't have OnlyFans. Technically, we do. It's just not an active OnlyFans. It's, it's more like an OnlyFan at, at this point. 
That's no fans. Sorry, only no fans. Whatever. Let's stop talking about that one. But Curtis Blades um, successfully knocked out Chris Dawkins, ended him in the second round, and he is now calling for a shot at the interim heavyweight championship uh, against, uh, he's, he talked about Cyril Gon first, called him out, and then he called out Stephen Miocic because, of course, he was there in the crowd, the hero of Ohio. Um, so... Who do you think he fights next? Is it for the interim belt? And also, just another question out there. Do we even necessarily need an interim championship to be on the line again? Um, well, it just sucks because Francis is out for, like, at least a year, probably. Like, another nine months. Yeah, it's, it's going to be more than nine months, though. I guarantee he won't be back in mm-hmm. nine months. I, I guess he'll be heading to camp in nine months. I would shave my head if he fought in nine months. No, no, no way he fights in nine months. Yeah, so he's even I mean, in the UFC in nine months. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so he kind of has the division tied up. I can see a, I can see an interim belt just to kind of build some hype behind the next, you know, title fight that does happen. But there's no way it would be Curtis Blades, and I mean, unless Stipe or Cyril Gon doesn't want that chance, there's no way that. Uh, Curtis Blades is going to, you know, jump over them. Because mm. right now I think it's it's John's to lose, right? Like, this is his chance to lose. Mm. And it's either going to go to Cyril, but I doubt it would go to him since he just fought. They're probably eyeing Stipe versus John Jones. And uh, it's been like two years in the making, I think. So let's see it happen. I mean, I I really would be looking forward to that fight because I would be the best heavyweight of all time, in my opinion, still until Francis gets a couple more defenses mm-hmm. uh, versus the best light heavyweight of all time. Like, that's still going to be a really big draw. And if you put an interim belt on the line for that, that's, you know, that's money. Like, just go print some money. Absolutely. I mean, we saw what John Jones put on his Twitter um, earlier is that uh, he is fully committed to the heavyweight. He's totally leaving light heavyweight behind. So, of course, we've been kind of saying this for about two years now. So, I will... Um, Take this tweet with a big old grain of salt because I don't care until he actually signs a contract. But I do agree with you. I think it should. It's probably going to be Stipe versus John Jones for the interim belt. Um, and I guess we just do Gone versus uh, Blades in the meantime without the belt being on the line. Yeah, that'd be a rough one for uh, for Gone. That that would would that be his in style wise? Would that be his hardest matchup yet? Oh yeah, more more than more than John or. Uh, but it's uh, weird though because MMA math doesn't always work. You know, like he might no, be doesn't. able to he might be able to figure that one out before that mm. matchup gets created because he's beat Derek Lewis, all that kind of stuff. But we saw what happened when Francis did a little bit of wrestling against him. Like he was pretty much a fish out of water. Yeah. So that would be a terrible matchup, in my opinion, at their stages of career careers mm-hmm. right now. I I probably give Blades the. The, the edge, really. I mean, and with his strong wrestling base, I almost give Blades the re- the edge against every heavyweight. It just kind of depends as he get caught. Him versus Ngani right now would be really interesting. He, for the third time? Yeah. Blades versus Ngannou? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Th- Ngannou has his number, dude. <sighs> That's a good point. I guess this fight somehow feels a little bit different. But also, maybe not so much because Ngannou can apparently wrestle now. Can he out-wrestle Blades? 
Uh, I mean, Cyril Gan got out wrestled by a one-legged Francis Ngannou. I don't know if that would go. I'd probably go even worse on the ground against the Curtis Blades. Yeah, and it sounds like Tai Tuivasa is going to be tied up with Aspinall, which, which is, is kind a of surprising. Fight. It's a fantastic fight, but it's usually like, man, you don't see the two uh, kind of rocket ships getting getting placed on each other's you know mm-hmm. dinner plates like that. Usually, it's someone it's someone else that That's they kind of go with. But so, I'm here for it. I love it. I, I love all these potential matchups. Absolutely. So I think right now the in the heavyweight division, of course, Ngannou is the champ. Uh, we have Ghana one, Miocic two, Tuvasa three, Blades of four, and Aspinall at six. So do you think we do like Aspinall versus Tuvasa, Blades versus Gon, Miocic versus John Jones for the interim title? Is that you think three more likely matchups? I think those are probably the most likely matchups. The only one that I could see maybe switching is is uh, like maybe they'd give like Blades Aspinall or something mm. like that. I don't know. Or maybe mm. it would be Blades and Tuivasa. I don't know. Blades and Tuivasa. Huh. Be interesting. Would that be similar to Lewis and Blades? Potentially. And I think Blades has fought uh, Mark Hunt too. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Tuivasa is just a veteran Mark Hunt. Well, could could well be on his way. I would say right now Tuivasa is a better version of Mark Hunt. He's had some really freaking good performances as of late. And we and we saw those training that training footage of him uh, with the standing Mark Hunt. I don't know, man. He has the chin. He has the chin. Has uh, just maybe needs a couple more walk off style KOs and he'll have his number right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a couple more walk-off KOs, and he'll he'll be the number one for sure. Man, Mark Hunt walk-off KOs are one of the greatest things in MMA history. <laughs> um, even though Dana White probably hates him now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when you sue the Uncle Dana, he probably doesn't like you very much. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised about that one. But that's going to wrap it for our coverage of UFC Columbus. Let's know your thoughts on that one in the comments or over on our socials. Is Kaikar France versus Device and Vigoretto actually going to be the next flyweight fight? Is Fioro the best prospect in the women's flyweight division? And what is going to happen for the UFC title, uh, heavyweight title picture? But with that being said, we're going to take things on over to... What the blank with Blake, as in this segment, it's one of the best ones, or if not the best one, because we have Blake filling in the blank of three statements that have a blank in them, and it's up to Blake to fill in the blank with either a word, a paragraph, a sentence, a grunt, I don't care, it's up to Blake to fill in the blank. So, Blake, are you ready for what the blank? Yes. It's getting better every time. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you gotta be at least a little impressed that you don't stumble on that. You know, I'm I'm slightly impressed. You know, from you, Blake, that I'll I'll absolutely take that. It's you know, it takes to, a lot to impress me. It is. You're kind of a dick. Wow, I <laughs> I appreciate those kind words. So <laughs> what you get for being a Raider fan? Let's, you know, I thought we were going to leave that out of the discussion today. Have we wanna, ever left that out of the discussion? Didn't want to ruin your night, you know, by just taking a big old poo on you again. Four my now. night's always, well, Four my now. night's always ruined. Pretty uh, sure we won like the last five times we played against you guys suck. 
Yeah, yeah, but, you know, things might change this year. You cross your little toesies and your little fingersies. You mean like Pray this? to your little Jesus. I will pray to my huge Jesus. Yeah, well, good luck, bud. Hey, we got You're Russell Wilson. Money. You're going to owe me some more money. I got, I got a Jesus quarterback now. The Broncos cannot lose. I have a Jesus quarterback. Oh, yeah, Derek Carr is a great Jesus. He's actually a really Jesus quarterback. He That's preaches. One. Yeah, no, I I love Derek Carr. Like on the on the side note, I I really respect Derek Carr as a leader. He is a quarterback. He's great. Yeah, I just want to see him throw a lot more touchdowns this year. Devontae Adams might be able to help you out with that. Oh, one. we'll see. All you gotta do is you know any third down, throw it to Hunter Renfro, and any first down, throw it to Devontae Adams, and I think you're pretty solid. You got Darren Waller too. Don't forget about that. All right, he's second down. Darren Waller for second down. Yeah, yeah. You got you got a receiver for every down. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty damn good. But speaking of MMA, let's talk about this because, of course, Blake's favorite fighter in the world and future husband is Sugar Sean O'Malley. And uh, it's come out this week that Sean O'Malley has some fight news scheduled for what looks like possibly UFC 274 taking place in Arizona, of course, his home state. No uh, exact date has been announced, no speculation, and no opponent has been announced. But Blake, the first statement of what the blank for the show is that Sean O'Malley's will fight blank next. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> it's tough to say because O'Malley's ranked number 13 right now. So you got a lot of dudes ahead of him, obviously. You got Ricky Simone, Frankie Edgar, Song Yadong, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Vera, Dominic Cruz, Marab, Rob Font, Corey Sandhagen, Jose Aldo. I mean, he's not going to touch any of those guys. No. I'd say the more realistic area would probably be like the Pedro Munoz, Song Yadong, Frankie Edgar, Ricky Simone area. Mm. If I mean, if I'm Sean, the one that I would be really – probably wanting is Pedro Munoz. Take a name for a fairly easy fight, given what's happened recently. Yeah. And then you just take his spot, right? Like you'll be for sure. Number nine or 10 after that fight, mm -hmm. at least. Cause I think, uh, I think Pedro's ranked number nine right now. Mm -hmm. So if I had to, if I, if I was Sean and I was picking the fight and I think he's been calling for this one for a long time, it would be Pedro, but I could also see, Ricky I Simone. Mean, I could see a Ricky Simone fight. Were they but I just talking don't... about that a little bit, like in terms of talking about each other? Uh, I mean, that was when. Shoot, when was that? It was whenever Sean had ago? that opponent that that canceled. That wasn't the Mutinho fight, was it? That was pre-Mutinho, before Mutinho filled in, right? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like for that fight, like that yeah. was that was when they had the little squabble. I want to say so. It's been it's been brewing since last July. Yeah, but I just don't think I just don't think they'd put them together. That'd be kind of surprising. But I'd love for them to fight too. I mean, that would be a good fight as well. Ricky Simone's going to challenge him in ways I don't think he's been challenged yet with his you know super uh, aggressive wrestling base. Mm -hmm. So that I mean that would be interesting to see to put Sean through that test and see okay like what if you come up against a guy like kind of Cody Stamen Marab level like what are you going to do in this situation? Um, but also if you fought Pedro that's going to be a guy that's been there done that fought the big you know the bigger names in the sport had a really competitive mm -hmm. fight against Dominic Cruz recently uh, that would be really good for him as well that would, that would probably be the one that I would angle for if I was his team would be Pedro. 
going for the easiest fight with the highest chance to move you up in rankings for, you know, like I said, lowest risk. Go and get some decent money for that one. It's a great name. Well, it might great not even scout. be the lowest risk, but it's definitely the highest reward. In terms of risk versus reward, this is probably the best matchup for him. 100%. Because Ricky Simone, you lose that, and it's like, wow, like you're a scrub. Mm-hmm. No offense hey, to Ricky. If, for no Ricky, offense if to Ricky. Ricky wins that one, then ooh. If Ricky wins that one, then he takes the you know the hype, but he's not going to get. I don't think he's going to get the Chris Moutinho tra- treatment. You know, like he's, no. he's his followers aren't going to jump like that. No. So, because that's just I don't know. It's just unless he knocked him square out, then it'd be a different story. But I just don't see that happening. Yeah, Patron Munoz, I think that'd be really solid scrap there. Um, of course, last week we got the or uh, um, I think it was over the weekend. Nate Diaz has a. Uh, kind of actually re- requested his release from the UFC mm-hmm. since they're not getting a fight together for him, even though him and Dustin Poirier have apparently been calling for one for like the last six months. And that is probably the easiest fight in the world to book at this point. But with that being said, the second statement is that Nate Diaz's next fight will be with Blink. I mean, the easy answer I'd, I would think would be Dustin because – there's a lot of heat behind that, and it's mm-hmm. been talked about for like two years now, at the, maybe three years at this point. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the first time they were in uh, Madison Square Garden or whatever when they were supposed to fight. Uh, but something tells me like that's not going to happen because if it was going to happen, why wouldn't they have gone gotten to negotiations yet, or you know, had a verbal agreement or, or something or like a date? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. So. I'm kind of thinking they're maybe saving him for a Conor McGregor tune-up fight. I don't know. And will it be? Will his next fight be with the UFC? I think he'll not. Yeah, he has one fight left. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it has to be with the UFC. Ain't no way you really snake Diaz, no matter what he wants, right? He's a big draw. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, screw whatever Dana White says. Like Nate's probably the closest thing to Conor right now. It's probably if you had to rank the biggest draws in the UFC right now, one to three, probably Connor, Nate, Jorge. Yeah. Hey man, Nate. That's why, if you're not going to do Nate versus Dustin, just do Nate versus Connor three at UFC International Fight Week in July. Come on, man. Come on. It's so is easy. Connor good by then though? He should be. Should be. Should be. I mean, I think that'd be perfect. Like, tune up Connor in July. There, I mean, all the talk with Connor has been the f- international fight week. If all goes well, he does, you know, has a good performance in July, then guess what? Boom. Six title. months, you're, you're ready to go for a, you know, potential title shot or just another really big fight. Maybe mm-hmm. a title contender. Money fight, doesn't matter. In and versus December. Michael Chandler after Michael Chandler beats Tony Ferguson. I mean, it would just, but I just, I don't think McGregor's going back to 55. Ooh. That's the thing that makes it very interesting. I, I don't know. I think he has his guess, sights set on that 170 t- uh, strap now. I guess he only goes through 155 if he gets an uh, immediate title shot. Yeah. But also, he probably only fights a 170 if it's Nate Diaz or a title shot. Yeah, I don't see anything else really getting him too excited. No, I guess not, huh? And at this point, when you're the UFC, like, why not? play the Connor game one more time. That's what I would be thinking. Like, shoot. Might as well try to ring these guys for as much money as possible That's what I'm before saying, the contract's man. over. <laughs> like, just ring it out of them. 
Because if, if, if for whatever reasons, if this third fight between Nate and Connor doesn't get booked, that's one of the biggest wasted opportunities in one uh, in terms of trilogy fights ever. Yeah. That'll be one of the next videos of uh, MMA on point. You know, top 10 missed fights or something like that, you know. It's right there for them. But the last statement of what the blank for this week is, especially after um, coming off the back of a special MMA rule or a special rules fight between Demetrius Johnson and Raw Tang, is that the legacy of Demetrius Johnson is blank. Uh, pretty solidified, I'd mm. say. I mean, he he barely loses. Like that guy's a stud. I mean, uh, multi multiple time world champion in the UFC. I think he's he's gonna hold that record for a while. I'm pretty sure he broke Anderson's, right? Yeah, yeah. So Most he'll probably longest reigning. Yeah, so he'll, he'll, you know that's great for his legacy. Uh, and then he went over to one, and now he's fighting. He's a, technically a flyweight, but really a bantamweight. He's fighting these bigger dudes and still holding his own. Still, I think he's only lost like one time over there so far. I think it's a knockout in the yeah, title fight. In, in the title fight. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think this guy's legacy is pretty solidified at this point, and it's and he's still adding to it. So mm-hmm. it's it's impressive to see like this guy is just <clears throat> really a chameleon. Like he can just go and adapt into whatever environment he you know finds himself in. It's it's impressive as hell. His ability just to find a way to win in, you know, just whatever he does is crazy. And that was a great showing um, in that mixed MMA fight where he held his own in the Muay Thai. Um, obviously, he was not going to be the better better fighter in, in that rule set. But when it came to MMA, man, it wasn't close. Yep. Rod Ting got choked the F out, put to sleep. Nine nine. That's the only way you're ever going to beat him. Ain't no way you knock him out. Yeah, have to choke him out. <laughs> He's a stud. Both of those guys are studs. So that was that was a cool mm-hmm. uh, that was a cool little match to see. I'm really I'm really glad they did that. And if anything, I think we should do more stuff like that. I I think it worked out great for either fighter. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Ratong loses, but also he loses in a rule set that isn't his against one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Mm-hmm. And one of the crazy things you pointed out to me pre-show is that he's only 24 years old. So this, I didn't, for how good, I didn't realize he was this young, man. So apparently, hey, um, but uh, so who knows? This might lead to um, an MMA career in 1FC as well if he decides to do something more than just the Muay Thai. Yeah, born in 1997. Dude is a stud. How am I only two years older than, or younger than him? Crazy. Oof. Wait, you're younger than me? Oh, yeah, you are. I forget yeah, I'm 99, now. baby. I'm 94. 94? You're an old-ass man is what you are. Respect your elders. Um, I'll pick and choose. Yeah, well then, I quit. Give me a sponsorship. I'll respect you, Mr. Manager. Absolutely not. You just disrespected me on our podcast. I'm not getting you any type of sponsor. You act like I haven't done this before. <laughs> Well, I took I took a Will Smith exception to it today. <laughs> Lucky I'm not right there and can slap you across your face, make you look <laughs> even, like Chris Rock. Even though that's 100 percent of the work, and I will not hear <clears throat> any other logic or reasoning against it. It's fake. It's 100 percent fake. I don't care. It's fake. I don't know. That was a hell of a slap, dude. I would never let someone fake slap me like that. 
Oh no, Chris Rock kind of leaned into it. I don't care. I would never let a man slap me on live television for any amount of. I actually, I mean, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Be real. Be real. But Chris Rock doesn't need that. That's what I'm saying. Like, unless he made like a couple bad bets back in the day. Or come on, man. When's the last time you heard anything about the Oscars before last night or before? Um, not last night, but before that. Violence is never the answer. Is all I know, Ross. Violence is the answer to a lot of questions. It's never the answer. All right, Blake. An eye for an eye makes the world go blind. What's the answer to the question, what is never the answer? Everything is everything. I think think we're going to agree to disagree. You're going to disagree? What's the question to what does an MMA fight involve? It's violence. Your question is confusing me. Good. Be confused. I hope you get violent. It's never the answer. It's sometimes the answer. It's it could be the profession. Oh. You know? It but it's not the answer, even if it's the profession? Nope. That's just what has to be done. Well if the profession is the question, what's the answer? It's not a question though, that's a demand. That's like you know, but the demand, demand is the question, so what is the answer to the violence? It can't be a question, though, if it's literally being done. It's a process. But violence with the question is the answer of the profession. I am stroke. I, do you smell burnt toast? I'm not even in Idaho. How would I smell anything you're smelling? It's a stroke joke, Blake. It's okay. A stroke joke? Yes, that's true. Do, you do just not be know hold, that about, like hanging out with old people or something? Do, do you not know about that with strokes? If you smell burnt toast, that's a that's not having a stroke. Well, then I definitely needed to know that. Yeah, I might have a stroke one day, but I didn't there, know that. There, um, I thought it was if your like face starts freezing up, or like one of your side of your body's. Then it's probably like too numb. late. It's probably too late. No, you, you can still say get me it. to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So got a luck. chance. There's a chance. Just um, so you know, don't smell burnt toast. That that's the thing for all everyone out there. If you smell burnt toast, um, I don't know, call call someone. Yeah, press your life alert. <laughs> you know, you, don't, you guys don't have life alert. Unbelievable. Can we get sponsored? Is life alert still a thing? I haven't seen one of those commercials for a while. Oh yeah, it's definitely a thing. Okay, okay. Respect. I, I hate those commercials and get them too damn often. But that's going to do it for What the Blank with Blake. Of course, give us your thoughts on those statements and what you feel to Blake in, in the comments or hit us up over on our socials, of course. But we're going to get into our last segment here, and that is our quarterly year awards. What we're going here, we're about three months in. Not exactly, but shut up. We don't have a, uh, a car coming up this weekend, so I had to fill it in with something, of course, and we're going to do this. Um, and also, there's we're not going to get a chance for a little bit for, like, I guess a week without fights. Not a bad thing. So we're going to do it now, and what we got for you guys this um, week is four awards, and that's Car of the Year, Finish of the Year, Fight of the Year, and Fighter of the year and so we're going to start things off with of course the card of the year so blake so far what do you think has been the best card we've had some good ones we've really gone off to a good start this year you took my you took my pick so i had to do something else (laughs) uh i was you know 
looking through the cards that we've seen this year earlier, and uh, UFC 271 was probably the the one out of the rest of them that I probably was most impressed by. I mean, we had uh, Tai Tuivasa versus Derek Lewis. That was a fantastic, you know, KO. So good. Jared Cannonier kind of coming back in the second round after Derek Brunson was kind of kicking his butt in the first round. Hanato mm-hmm. Moicano had a very impressive performance uh, against Alexander Hernandez. Bobby Green looked, you know, fantastic against Hack Parast. And that's just a good fight in general. Uh, even the Izzy and Whitaker fight, I mean, it wasn't a great fight by any means, but it was still like, it was still a chess match, you know, and mm-hmm. it was still technical and, and, uh, Intriguing, I guess it was. It was guess nice to chess that match that you and your well, not as good as the chess match that you uh, your friends had a couple weeks. No, ago. not at all. Nothing can top that. <laughs> and even on even on the prelims, I mean, we had Kyler Phillips with an impressive performance, getting a submission in round three. Mm-hmm. Casey O'Neill and Roxanne Modafferi went to war. Arlovsky back in the dub column. I mean, legend. So I, I think out of the rest of them, that was probably the top top to bottom, like most entertaining and fun-filled card for me that's fair i think the one that at least uh i'm probably going uh, um this one's probably the answer for you know 90 percent of the people out there especially those overseas on the other side of the atlantic and that is going to be my pick is ufc london just because you know top to bottom this is just a really fun card filled with great fights but also not going to lie, the, the fans definitely played a huge role in this. The atmosphere of the night was unlike anything we've seen for a while. And so, I mean, everything really added to it, and especially when you had Molly McCann with a the fourth spinning back elbow knockout in UFC history. You had Paddy getting his submission win in the first round. Tom Aspinall winning in a main event. It, it, it really could not have gone that much better for the UFC and uh, for the O2 arena. Yep. Definitely. I mean, that was definitely my choice, my my top pick. But you know, I respect you trying to get a gift from one. But if you want to disagree, UFC London card of the year so far. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's it's gonna be hard to top so that far. Too. So far, I mean, mm-hmm. that one for for sure, top to bottom, like starting with the first fight, finishing with the last fight. I mean, it was just phenomenal. Like, I'd be impressed if the card could beat that. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough, tall order. Probably have to get like it was a UFC two sixty seven with the, you know um man, which card was it was it sixty seven it was either no, sixty seven or sixty eight there was I two back sixty eight last year it was sixty eight sixty seven was both the Jan Blahovich one um sixty eight was the Usman and Covington two with um right and then with um Justin Gaethje and uh, Michael Chandler and also. You can't forget about Billy Q in, in that fight um, with, um, damn, I'm tripping. Who who did Billy Q fight again? Uh, that was, damn, who did he fight? It was right? like Bill Algio. No, it wasn't that. Because that was really damn good. That that probably should have been fight of the night if it wasn't for Chandler and Gaethje. Shane Burgos, that's right. Thank you, thank you. How could we forget? That was a hell of a fight, man. Yeah. That was a fun. Night. It might it might take one of those just obscenely stacked cards to be able to beat UFC London, but man, that was a fantastic night. Um, next one we got is going to be the finish of the year. This is a submission or knockout. Um, Blake, what was uh, your pick for this one? Because we've had a pretty fair share of of high quality submissions this year. 
I'm going to go with Molly McCann. I think that her uh, finish was just awesome. I mean, she really like, knocked the socks off that girl. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> and just like the atmosphere it was in, you know, with the UFC London crowd. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to beat that one. I know you're a fan for a celebration afterwards, too. I mean, I wasn't like not a fan. I, did, I, I didn't have a problem with it, especially since it was spur of the moment. And luckily, it, it it definitely produced one of the greatest MMA pictures of all time with the the ref looking at the lifeless body with Molly McCann jumping over the cage in the background. Yeah, it was a sweet finish. Perfect there. Um, what I'm going with is with one of the best prospects in the UFC is Shafkar Rakhimov's spinning hook kick against uh, Carlson Harris uh, a few weeks ago at Fight Night Hermanson versus Strickland in terms of just... Um, I guess it was, first of all, it was a badass knockout that we don't really mm-hmm. see all too often. And it was just that ground and set too. That yeah. accuracy. Insane. But also for like this prospect building line as well and continuing the hype train, like everything mm-hmm. really just, just built into it as well. It was yep. definitely the high point of that night. So, um, but Molly McCann, dude, definitely, definitely great one there. I, I freaking love it. Um, now, this next one, uh, at least for my pick, I might have a little bit of recency bias, but I don't care. Um, but we're going to go into fight of the year. Blake, what is your pick for this one? <sighs> fight of the year. There's been some good ones, though. We've we've been lucky with some of the fights this year. What was that one dude's name? I Peterson? really like that one fight. Yeah, Peterson versus, was it Algio? Who was it? No, it, it was Peterson. Um, ooh. Steven Peterson, right? Yeah, Steven, it was Steven Peterson. Uh, he fought against... Who the hell was it? it the was guy that weighed in too heavy. Julian Erosa, Juicy J. Yes. Yeah, that was a hell of a fight. I yeah, like Steven that Peterson fight a lot. Juicy J met off with 100k for that fight and just bonuses. Yeah, so I, I think... Uh, yeah, that's right, because Peterson missed weight. Forget about yeah. that. Yeah, so, I, I mean... I thought that was that was probably one of the sickest fights of the year so far. It was a bloody mess. Yeah. Dude. I mean, they both let it, left it all out there, so that's all you can really ask for. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of, you know, the uh, Forrest Griffin and S- Stefan Bonner fight back in the day, you know, just yeah. going at it till the very end. So it was, it was good. Really good I fight. I love it. Uh, my pick is going to be two guys that I left out till the end was uh, Matt Brown and Brian Barberena at UC Columbus. Just because, sweet damn, bro, what a fight that was this weekend. I, I might need to watch it again. Um, they were both just rocked multiple times each. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing but you know power shots it looked like. And their output, their output um, was also insane. I guess the only thing that kind of mars this was a bit of a controversial finish or a decision, one of the split decisions on the evening. Um, but with the, you know, you had that Ohio crowd buying into uh, Matt Brown, really backing him up. You know, the guy that only lives 15 minutes away from the arena. So, it, it kind of a bit of a of a theme. You know, some of this the atmosphere can really make a fight, really make a card. So that's what I'm rolling with and. I want that again. Just just give me that, you know, once every four months, I'll be beyond happy. Even just, you know, once, twice a year. Twice a year, I'll be beyond happy with that. Hell yeah, that was a good fight. That was, that was a good fight, you're right. Uh, 
But we're going to cap things off here with Fight of the Year. We're going to start with Female Fighter of the Year, Blake. And uh, what's your choice uh, for this one? I know it's the the whole Fighter of the Year stuff is a little bit difficult right now just because, you know, there's been a very small amount of fighters that have had multiple fights up until now. Yeah, but. I'm going to have to abstain from answering on a Female Fighter of the Year. <laughs> it's like, like that? Yeah. I guess it's a tough one. Um, who would you go with for male then? Francis Ngannou. Mm. Beat an old teammate, got another title defense, added a ruby to his belt, you know. He's uh, and, he, and he showed impressive uh, gains in his game. I mean, he's absolutely. You know that not even just this year. I mean, the 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 bout against Gone finding a way to win on one leg using his wrestling that you know really hasn't been a strong suit of his. Obviously, I mean, what we were giving him credit for beforehand was how he was be able to defend. You know, the double legs, the single legs, like all the takedowns from from Stipe in their most recent fight. And now he transitioned to being more offensive minded, you know, finding a way to win with his wrestling because he knew, Hey, I, I have to, you know, I have to do something kind of unorthodox for my style in order to, to make this, uh, you know, possible for me. So mm-hmm. I just think that he kind of showed the complete package finally. And so that was, and even on not his best night, right? Like physically, mm-hmm probably mentally as well. Um, I just think that he yeah, like, There's a lot of diversity that going call. to that fight with the whole contract dispute and Dana White. Contracts, fighting next teammate. <laughs> I mean, there was so much at stake there, you know? So I, I think uh, I think he gets my vote for fighter of the year. I think that's a very solid pick. Um, when it comes to female, there's really only two I might be able to pick right now, and it would be a toss-up between, I guess, Molly McCann for another a fantastic finish, um, and then also might have to give it up to uh, Casey O'Neill for her really solid split decision win over um, Roxanne Mataferi, and she continues just to climb up the um, rankings there. But like you said, it's kind of a tough one to choose with the woman because there's been you know a few, it's not like there hasn't been a bad there it's not like there hasn't been a good performance, but it's hard there hasn't one that hasn't necessarily stood out between like a handful of them. So it is a little bit harder one to choose when it comes to the male. Um, I'm also going with the heavyweight. And I am going with Tom Aspinall just because of what we highlighted when it came to UFC London. Is that this was a hell of a performance by Tom Aspinall when it came to... We all thought that, man, this is clearly the highest level of competition he's come into contact with with uh, Volkov. And he ran through him like he was, uh, you know, melted cheese. It, it just wasn't very competitive in this fight in any aspect of the fight game, standing up or on the ground. So I, I think he's been the most impressive guy. But Francis Gano is definitely up there for me as well. Um, Device and Figueredo for his performance against Brandon Moreno could get an honorable mention up there as well. But uh, Tom Asmill, but showing some love for the heavyweights with this one. And um, not going to lie, I've been showing some love for um, the the ones over in the United Kingdom uh, with these awards as well. That was just one hell of a night. I can't get over that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the tough thing about doing award shows in the span of, what, like two and a half, three months. There's just not a lot to choose from. There isn't, and that's why, um, I don't know, choose some of the hard ones to pick. 
but I think they're still good picks. Blake, I, I love um, your highlight with um, Peterson and Rosa specifically. Good fight. Hopefully people don't forget about that one. That You're going to have to keep that at the top of your list as we get to January when we do our official 2022 award show because it's hard to top that, man. It, it's the least the honorable mention. At the most, you know, it's going to win. Uh, I'm pumped to see if we can get a fight that tops that in a fight or and then the card that tops UFC London because if we do, that's just going to be a really damn good time. No doubt. No doubt, man. But... That is going to bring us uh, to just about the end here, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, before we hit the outro, we're going to have to hit the nay-nay of the week. And, of course, this week, um, I'm going to throw a little bit different. Not one specific person. It's going to actually go to a group, and especially um, especially a group with a lot on the line, especially when it comes to finances and the people that are going to get this week's Nene award is betters for UFC Columbus because sweet damn, this was a tough one, especially for um, uh, uh, some of the quick shout for them over on Twitter. The MMA advisors, they were not having a great night and they were in the same community or the same kind of um, – they're on the same page as a lot of other betters uh, because when it came to the split decision losses for Matt Brown and Max Griffin, first of all, Max Griffin – absolutely won his fight against Neil Magny. He won the first two, and I don't want to hear anything else because you're wrong. Um, then also, Souza and Dvorak lost really close unanimous decisions. So, you know, four fights, four arguably very poor decisions. It was not great now for the judges. And subsequently, a lot of people lost a lot of money. <laughs> Get nay-nayed. <laughs> I need a sound bite that. <laughs> <laughs> just anything. that'd be fine you can soundboard together that'd be a good time but ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning into ufc talk 84 now just 16 away from ufc 100 so we're gonna have to uh we got a couple milestones coming up of course hit us up over on youtube because we are just 14 subscribers away from breaking the 1,000 milestone. So we're going to have to do a little bit of a special for that. And we're going to have to work up to a special here in 16 weeks once we get to episode 100 of UFC Talk. I can't believe what we've been doing for this long. It really does feel like the weeks are just flowing together. And um, time is meaningless, essentially, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, no, I, you shouldn't like that. That sounds kind of depressing. I didn't know. <laughs> Whoops. Sounded dramatic, though. I liked it. It sounded dramatic. So I, I got to put, like, a, a, some dramatic music, a little orchestra on the in the background of this. A little violin. A little violin. Oh. little violin. Can you play the violin? No, I can play the piano, though. Can you, actually? You know this. What the hell are you talking about? Do I? Am I stupid? Just don't pay attention because you're so dumb. Yeah, you're kind of right. You're kind of right. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to dispute that one. Can you play Mozart? Uh, Which song? I mean, he has tons of songs. Mozart 2. Probably not. I don't know. Is that a song? I don't know. Mm, it might be. Is he the one that does? No, that's Beethoven. Never mind. Bach? Is he a pianist? Maybe. Mm. I'm not really in, in tune my classical music. Yeah, I'm not really a big classical fan. I just kind of make Classic my own stuff. Classic rock, on the other hand. Hell yeah. 
I could play you some Journey. Ooh. Don't stop believing. I won't stop believing. I won't stop believing in your piano abilities. Maybe until I'm, I I'm hear offended it. that you that you uh had to ask if I'm being serious. I'm a maestro. Isn't that a soup? Wait, no, it's that maestro soup. Maestro soup. Maestro? You don't know what a maestro is? I know what a maestro is, but Bistro also, is, is that a soup, soup, isn't it? Maestro. Is it Maestro soup? Bistro with a B. No, wait, Bistro. Oh, it's Minestrone. That's why Minestrone? I was about. Ah. Yeah. No, soup that's good. That's like not soup. what I am. That's not what I'm about. Do you I'm like about. soup? I like soup. I like Minestrone. Minestrone with, ooh, with a little French bread. Sourdough doesn't matter. Ooh, give me some sourdough. Hey, rosemary garlic bread. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I'd eat that. We got to go make some garlic bread. Is garlic bread the best kind of bread? Mm, it's up there. I mean, yeah. there's. It depends if you're like, are you going for savory, sweet, or like? I guess savory. I'm not a huge fan of sweet breads. Because I like. There's some like zucchini bread out there that's pretty bomb. There's oh, like some. I don't know if you would refer to like coffee cake as some type of bread because it comes in like a loaf, you know? I guess, yeah. There's some good stuff out there, but I love garlic chihuahua. bread definitely is probably at least, if it's not number one, it's at least number two. That's fair. Hey, for sandwiches, I think ciabatta bread is highly slept on. Ciabatta, yeah, ciabatta bread, I used to be a big, I used to be a big fan of that. I, I don't know why I don't get it. No, I think it's just because it doesn't last as long. No, bro, you it know? lasts like three days and then it gets moldy. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah, so you gotta eat, you gotta eat that like in a row. Like, hey, one bread take I will always stand behind is that rye bread is horrible, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Is that the one with like the swirls on it and shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not my favorite either. It's, but gross. it's not like I I don't like hate it, but it's I I, wouldn't, I, 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 wouldn't I will order I will it. go ahead and say that I hate it. <laughs> I like wheat. I like sourdough. I like wheat French, more than white bread. Like when it comes to sliced bread, Dutch wheat crunch. is better than white. Dutch Crunch, bro. Yes. Did I ever take you to Sandwich Spot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we went, but I've definitely been there. Remember when I stole the Mr. Pickles? Mr. Pickles sucks. Oh. I thought it was good. I always got the Porky Pig. Porky Pig on Dutch Crunch, bro. That's turkey, ham, bacon on Dutch Crunch. Nah. Nah? This Mr. Pickles sucks. Fine, the sandwich, but the sandwich spot's good. Yeah. You yeah. can do the same sandwich there and I'd agree with you. Yeah, okay, fine. Sandwich spot, turkey, ham, bacon on Dutch yeah. Crunch. That would be a number two, probably. At my shop, it was called the Dominator. Oh, the Dominator. Turkey, ham. Wait, you said turkey, ham, and bacon? Turkey, ham, and bacon. Oh, no. I'm talking, this one was just turkey, bacon, avocado. That, was like, the most pop- that was like the oh. most popular sandwich, bro. I swear avocado. to God. I mean, like, 20 of those every freaking day. Hey, the thing about the sandwich spot, though, is that those it will always be my favorite sandwich place because they give they fill you up with the meats. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, it's no Subway. No skimping. It's, it's not 90% bread and 10% meat. Yeah. I think it's close to a good 50 50. I'd rather have an eight inch sandwich that's packed to the brim with everything yeah. you want and it's got the gourmet, you know kind of set up rather than mm-hmm. having a little bit more bread and yeah i just subway just never really hits subway it right. sucks 
Like, it, it, I think Subway stopped hitting for me once maybe like sophomore, junior year in high school hit. Mm, mm, mm. I was like, I this isn't, this Do you isn't remember it. Quiznos? I was never a big fan of, I maybe went there like two or three times in my life. Yeah. Out of pure necessity. Like there was no other sandwich spot. <laughs> we were like it, on a soccer tournament or some shit. And that was the only, like either that or Togo's. That would be like worst case scenario. Oh, Togo's. Oh yeah. Togo's. I kind of forgot about that. I place. used to get the meatball sub at Togo's. I was pretty damn good back in the day. Oh. All I know is that anytime I need a sandwich and I wanted a sandwich, sandwich spot absolutely and bel-air the grocery store actually doesn't have a bad sandwich and deli section same with nugget nuggets hella good too nuggets pretty good everyone's gonna be so confused what we're talking about right now (laughs) (laughs) i just got got going sandwiches bro sandwiches are great oh they're probably they're probably top five foods a turkey Bacon melt on sourdough. Yeah, that's good. I would, hey, I would one thing that. that can really set your melt Salami over the top. Salami melt. One thing that sets your melt over the top, pesto. Pesto sauce on, on the inside of the bread. You like cream cheese? Eh, maybe not, not on sandwiches. I used to make this shit where I would do uh, like uh, salami, but like cream cheese. And then I would put like pepperoncini peppers, you know? Oh, and uh, maybe some, like, onions and maybe jalapenos if I'm feeling crazy. I guess sal- I'm not a huge salami guy. And then some pepper jack cheese on top of that bit. Pe- pepper jack, there we go. And then you put the bomb sauce on there. You know what the bomb sauce is, right? It's like the yeah, jalapeno yeah, yeah, sauce. Yeah, yeah, bomb sauce. Yeah. Hella good. Oh, pepper jack so cheese good. is, is it, it's a A-tier to S-tier cheese. I'd say S-tier. I'm putting cheese. Are we going to have to do a cheese tier list? Bread tier list on our OnlyFans. On OnlyFans, <laughs> we can do some food reviews. Oh, are we going to, have to eat the food all sexy like? Yeah, and some marinara sauce rolling down. You gotta deep throat the sandwiches, you know. Oh, <laughs> take the biggest bite possible, <laughs> as much as you can fit into your mouth. <laughs> Don't spit are... anything out. <laughs> no you spitting. know what spitters are. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that sandwich note <laughs> on the blicks weird desires for sandwiches as well <laughs> yeah sandwich spots closed right now though so I'm pissed off I'm it's gonna closed? go get some Taco Bell that's tragic why is it closed oh oh, are you talking about a, a timing thing I, not just yeah. like a it's, uh, it closes by like 6 dude it's crazy <sighs> Dang, Blade, you're going to have to get some good food, then maybe go to Bel Air. Yeah, that takes... I don't want to go in somewhere. I'm going to just going to be fat. I, I lost, like, you know, 10 pounds this last week. I'm, like, right around 180 again. Ooh. So I just need to lose 10 more pounds, and then I'll be right where I need to be to be the specimen on the field for soccer. Breaking news. Blake Campbell's calling out Kamar Usman. He said he's a bitch. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. He would destroy me, bro. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't think I would last 10 seconds against Kamara Usman. He would pick me up and throw me. He could probably bench press me. He'd probably kill me with the double leg. Yeah, he'd absolutely destroy my soul. Yeah, yeah, let's not let's not talk about what potential matchup that would look like. If it can probably destroy Conor McGregor, he will destroy me. But ladies and gentlemen, before, I hope you have a great time I, this week. 
Go get a great sandwich because honestly, a great sandwich is a game changer when it comes to life. And they're a very underrated form of food, especially shout out to sourdough. You lovely, lovely kind of bread. But thank you so much for tuning in, sticking to the end of what was none, not really expected outro, but an outro nonetheless. But Blake, your thoughts on the best bread in one word or phrase. Uh, it's for sandwich bread, it's Dutch crunch and for bread in general, it's garlic bread. And then for sweet breads, it's gotta be like, like zucchini bread or like some, I don't know. That's probably, that's probably how I'd roll it. Zucchini bread. Zucchini bread is the shit. Maybe I'll have to get some, but yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, go out there. Have a great sandwich on Dutch crunch or sourdough. And we will see all of you in the next one.